I have exciting news. Oh, what is it? I just tried on my wedding dress for the first time. Sabrina! Mm-hmm. Does it fit? What are the alterations? It fits. We're tightening up the shoulders and lowering the armpits and um, adding a little bit more lace. And um, that's kind of it. I'm so excited to see your dress. I There are certain people that I feel like you can kind of pinpoint and guess what dress that they'll have. But I have no idea based on what you just said now, what your dress is going to look I don't like. think it's something people would expect me to wear. Oh my gosh, I'm so curious. But I, I know <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to show me because you can have everyone be surprised. Yeah, I'd rather, because so basically I was inspired. I'm getting mine custom made because I found a dress that I was uh, in love with mm-hmm. when I went to try it on. And re- everyone remembers my spiel. I like cried about it on the podcast. Yeah, it but, was too um, expensive. It was like $8,000. And I was like, I can't spend that. That's insane. <laughs> Sorry, that is wild. I couldn't. That's just unimaginable. So I ended up finding someone, a woman named Nicole. She's great who custom makes dresses. And so we kind of are kind of replicating it. And I've showed a lot of people the original dress, but then I tried on the dress today and the lighting in her place is just not the same as, you know, seeing it in person. So I don't Mm -hmm. want to really show anyone this dress because I think it's going to be so much better in person. Okay. I'm excited. Well, just a few months away. It's so, I know that's crazy. I'm going to see you in a few months. I know. And I'll never have to plan a wedding ever again. No. Done and done. Three weddings done and in done. and you're done. Did you done ever think you were going to marry the same guy three times? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm glad it's the same guy. <laughs> Me too. I'm so excited. Oh, it's going to be so pretty. I'm currently working fun. on dropping a few LBs to fit in my bridesmaid dress. <laughs> That I purchased when in a better place mentally. <laughs> we just went through a year of a pandemic, so be uh, be kind to yourself. Okay, thanks. Well, I'm stoked for you. That's so exciting. Is, was it yeah. scary? Did you go by yourself? I went by myself. It was like, I don't know, it just felt like, it's not scary, but it just felt, it felt real, which was really mm-hmm. nice. And, oh my God, the thing that felt the most real, so because we had to replan everything for this third wedding we're having, we had... um the caterers come to our house on Friday of last week and serve us a dinner. Oh my God. And it was the most delightful date night. Nick and I got super like drunk on red wine and we're just like being served constantly with like more food and more food. Wait, is that normal? The home visits or is that just because of COVID? So they don't have a storefront. So some, so some places, if they have a storefront, you'll go to the restaurant and do Mm -hmm. the tasting there. But they are pretty mobile. So they were like, we'll come to you. Wait, we'll bring amazing. everything. You that's just freaking fun. I almost want it was a mobile. really fun. I feel like that's more, that's a better option. So that it was you great. can have like your own date night. Yeah, that's great. It was very fun. Oh, also, hi, we, um, we're two girls, one ghost. Well, you can say it. Oh, this, this is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hi. And I'm Sabrina. <gasps> I have another thing to talk about. What? Wow, I feel like I haven't talked to anyone in weeks. I just, I'm, I'm like, woo! <laughs> um, well, as soon as we got on the call, I didn't even say hi. I just immediately started telling you drama. It's like I've been waiting a week to tell you this before we recorded. <laughs> well, that's the best. Um, okay, well, this is actually ghost and podcast related. Okay. So um, people can tune in, I guess, again. <laughs> Stop zoning us out. Um, have you seen... The black eyed kids photo on Facebook, on our Facebook group. I tagged you in the no. comments. You need oh, to look. Oh, oh, the two children when someone was in hiking the and they're yes. like up on a rock. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh. I just got chills again. Yes, I did. Everyone, see it. if you haven't seen it, 
one of our listeners. Oh my gosh, I need to pull it up because I need to say who it was. And I, um, I think I commented just, I think I just said, what the? So <laughs> scary. It was one of those things I was like going to bed late at night and just happened to scroll past it. And then I was like, wait, what was that? And then I'm, I regretted it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's from our listener, Dawn. And she posted this whole thing on our Facebook group with this photo and was just like, I don't really know what to think of this. Like, can you guys look? She said that. Okay. I'll just read it. My mom's best friend went out on a hike in the woods last month in breezy point Cedar Pines park. And she was showing us her photos. She took random photos of the surrounding area she was in. And there's one that she took that has these two strange, creepy looking kids in it staring straight at her phone camera. But one, she doesn't know them. Two, she didn't know they were there when she took it. And three, they look off. So if you like zoom into the picture, they're staring dead into the camera. But also like they don't really have features on their face. You can see. You can see they're wearing like shoes. You can see their legs. They're different heights. You can make out that they're children. But the level of clarity with like them versus what's around them is not there. Yeah. It's really it's creepy. Like, really you know unsettling. that they're you know that it's a spirit. Like it's not like, oh, there was just kids there. No, there's it's super spooky. Oh, I again. So I am curious if there I asked on the I responded and I was like, are there more photos? Like I'm so curious if they're in mm-hmm. any other ones. And she said she went through and like looked as well and there weren't, which is even more suspicious because if she took a bunch of photos in that area, you would think that they would show up again in another photo. Right. And most people don't take one photo of a rock, you know, you like kind of take four or five and figure out which one looks the best. So they and they're standing clearly up on this boulder. Yes. So they would have been in other photos. Yes. Also, this is why. Okay, well, it could be a good or bad thing. So do whatever you will with it. But this is why I take live photos now, Mm. mostly because the kittens move around a lot. And so I want to have the ability to change the cover photo, whatever. But it is also a great thing to do when you're out in the woods and you see ghosts because then you could see them move or leave or disappear Ugh. or oh, like that's appear. Even scarier. I know, but let it, for for my curious mind, I, I would love to have that. Well, that reminds me of when Marissa and I went to the old Charleston jail mm-hmm. and our tour guide had showed us the live photo that someone else had taken. And there was just because she was taking live photos and she was the person was clicking through and watching them and you saw a shadow figure like dart out of one of the rooms Ooh. and across the screen like Chills. towards the group very creepy live photos are the way to go my favorite photo was when we were at the stanley hotel our tour guide showed us a photo of remember there's that mirror i think i told you about this that everyone mm-hmm. takes photos and it's like the haunted mirror yes. this one woman had taken a photo in it and when she looked at it afterwards she had arms reaching out from behind her like almost grabbing around her and like all these like heads and so creepy i know i have chills mirrors recently too have been really giving me the heebie-jeebies like i have one of those medicine cabinet mirrors in my bathroom and Mm -hmm. over the past couple nights i've actually opened up my cabinet so that in the middle of the night i don't have to pass by or look into a mirror because for some reason it's just really been creeping me out and you didn't make it any better (laughs) (laughs) you're almost out of there i yes on i love my this apartment but moving on to another apartment yeah um speaking of photos i literally just got my hair cut and my hairdresser and it looks great thank you 
she was asking me what I was doing today. And I was like, oh, I have a podcast. I'm recording the podcast. And she thought she really appreciated the name of our podcast <laughs> as a fellow millennial. Um, and then she was like, wait a second. The owner of the salon lives in a haunted house. No. And has pretty much like always lived in a haunted house. Like the house that she grew up in was haunted. And now the house that she's raising her children in are haunted. So Whoa. she showed me one picture and told me a couple stories. The owner came over and was like, oh, I got to tell you. Oh, my gosh. She was, the best. Yeah, she was so excited. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best to retell some of the snippets. And and she was working on someone else's hair. So I don't know if the person in the chair had any interest in this, but we were all shouting <laughs> she about She was ghosts. like shaking, trying to stay still yeah, so like, she didn't mess photo. up her hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in their current home where she is raising her children, mm -hmm. they have multiple ghosts and it's very active, but for the most part, not really scary. And she said that her daughter does get scared sometimes and gets scared of one particular man that's in their house that she says looks a lot like Santa Claus. Ooh. And she, this woman, she was in her son's room and was taking a picture of his dresser. And in the reflection of the dresser, like in the shine, you basically can make out all of the features <gasps> of a man just like in the oh. reflection of it. When she showed me the picture and I was like, oh, God, it was very creepy. Like it, oh. it's there. Like he was he was like in the dresser, like looking at her essentially. <gasps> and then um, oh my gosh. there's a little boy who also is in the house and her kids don't mind the little boy. I think they probably play with him. They're friends. But, yeah, yeah. The little boy is totally fine with being there. But then. Another thing that happened, uh, oh, and also they like, apparently they like to like cook and bake and there's a lot of activity and just like stuff always happens. More recently, it's been a little bit quiet, but her mother, so her her children's grandma, mm -hmm. gets the them riled up essentially. Like her presence makes it way more active. So whenever she comes to visit, all the ghosts come out again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They like her. Yes. And one other story she told me, and I'm not entirely clear if this was at her childhood home growing up or if this happened when she, in her current home that she's raising her kids in, but they had a hundred eggs wrapped up for Easter throughout the house, like hidden for mm -hmm. an Easter celebration. Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Yes. Um, and in the morning, all of the eggs were gone. There were a hundred no. of them. All no. of them missing. And it's not like they were in one place and something, someone could just like right. grab a basket or whatever. Like they were scattered. All of them gone. Never recovered. Never found them. Nothing. Just poof. Vanished. Totally gone. No evidence. No wrappers. Nothing. Whoa. I wonder if they ever move out of that house and they find like a, a hidey hole that the ghosts have. Oh my gosh. And all 100 eggs will be there. Yes. Or what if they actually have people living in the walls? That's even scarier. I know. I immediately just I thought about my that the other like, day. No. I think about that often. I was like in the shower and I was like, I heard a noise, which was probably just a pipe from like downstairs because I live in an apartment. And I was like, what if there was someone living in the wall? And then it, I it's possible. myself out. It's happened enough times. It's happened. And been on the news enough times that it's something yeah. that we actually have to worry about. But then what I was thinking was, how come... When, like, someone living in the wall happens on a TV show, it's never, like, their perspective. And I was like, we need a, a story Sabrina, from... that does exist. What do you mean? That movie exists, and I'm blanking on the name, but I'm going to figure out, and I'm going to show it to you. But basically, 
It's oh god, it's so good. Can I just give up the whole plot of it? No, because right I'm. Okay. I've wanted this. <laughs> I've been. I thought I was brilliant in coming up with that idea, but apparently okay, cool. I'm not. So. I'll give you just a, a high level. So basically, okay. there are there are two squatters who are broke into this house and are living in it, thinking that the family is gone, and they're videotaping it. So it's kind of like it's kind of like Blair Witch Project style oh. at first. Um, but then the family returns, and now they're just hiding out, waiting for the opportunity to leave. And then it's just kind of like you realize that everything is connected and there's a lot of threat for like one person Hmm. to be caught, the other person to be caught. What is the relationship between the original squatter, the squatter and the family? Okay, I need to see this. Okay, yeah, it's, yes. Oh, I want to give it up. I won't. Don't, don't figure out what it's called and I will tell you. Okay, please do. I do feel like if I had someone living in my wall, Leia would catch on very quickly. Like she would... She would tell me. Yes, she would. Okay, before we jump into it, can I tell you one more thing? Yeah. So now that we're all vaccinated and things are opening up and Boston is at like 100% capacity, Mm -hmm. I went with my boyfriend Brian and two of my childhood friends that now live in Boston out to dinner and they were meeting Brian for the first time. And we sit down (gasps) and 10 minutes in, a girl comes up and is like, excuse me. Do you have a podcast? No way. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And she's like, all right, my cousin's in town visiting. She's right over there. And I look across and her and I are like facing each other. Like we're both sitting at the butt ends of our tables. We're looking at each other. She's in the next table over and I like wave and she comes over. She's literally the sweetest person ever. Her name is Francesca. I was so nervous. She was nervous. We were both like, oh my God. (laughs) She posted a picture on our Facebook group because we took a picture and I was like, post that. I want to see it. (laughs) Oh my God. But it literally made my night. She was so great. She was talking about all the places to go and like New Orleans and Savannah and and she's from South Carolina and she was just visiting and shout out to her friend who through the pyramid scheme introduced her to two girls, one ghost. Wow. Whose name I did not get. Sorry. But I, it just like literally made my night because my two friends who were, were with me have always wanted, they always joke like, what if when we're with you, you're, you get recognized? What if you get recognized? Oh and I'm like, I'm not going to get recognized. Like no one knows who I am. That's not true. And then they were walking over together at dinner. And apparently when they were alone walking over to meet me and Brian, they were like, what if tonight is the night? And when Francesca came over, they were fist pumping Oh the air. my god! They were like, yeah. They manifested it. They put it out in the world and it came true. They did. Yeah. And so. And how cool. Did Brian freak? Did he think it was the coolest thing ever? He he was confused. He like didn't know what was going on. He was just sitting there smiling. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He didn't really know what to make of it. So funny. One that's amazing. And I love that you've been seen. I feel like most of our listenership is in Boston. Well, because Boston's a walking city. Like LA, you're in your car more or straight to your destination. Boston, you're out and about. Boston's also spooky, so I feel like it attracts our listeners. But it's funny, like, when Nick and I do anything spooky or if we go on a ghost tour or anything, like, when we went to Jerome in Arizona, he kept just, like, yelling, two girls, one ghost. Oh, Sabrina, you do two girls, one ghost, like, yelling it out loud to try to get people. I'm like, Nick, that's so – like, you are trying to get attention, and I don't like attention. That's the antithesis of who I am. And it's embarrassing because you're like, then people are going to think you want – you're like, oh, look at me. And it's like, we're, okay, we're, first that of is all, what Nick wants. Nick yeah, does want we're that. We're not Joe Rogan. We're not no. Georgia Hartsdark and Karen Kilgariff. Like, we're no one. <laughs> we're nobodies. <laughs> we don't expect anything. No. And I, I'm also like, I don't know. I don't, I don't need attention. Like, that's no, just not who I am. Seek it out. Yeah. Not at all. And also, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where 
where if someone's like, oh my gosh, you have two girls, one ghost. I always get so excited because I'm like a real life listener. I know. I get more excited about them. Like we're meeting the phantoms. When we did our meet and greets after the live shows, like we would fangirl over our listeners just as much. I can't believe it. That's that's totally wild that you listen to our voices. To us. Oh my um, god. But anyway, it was great meeting Francesca and she's got a lot of influence over me because her drink looked so good. So when I it was time for me to order a drink, I was like, What's she drinking? And I just was <laughs> copying her all night. She drank a mudslide and so I did too. Ooh. It was really good. Wow. That sounds nice. And that's that. And that's the tea. And that's the tea. How fun. Good old times. Good old times. We're back, Feels baby. Back to normal. We back. Um, and we're also back to a topic we've done a few times. Well, it's, it's hard to not keep coming back. Haunted roads. Haunted roads. Haunted roads. Here's the thing: everybody's always on a road at some point, yeah, or and another. Can you can you just imagine how after doing this research when I was driving to go try on my wedding dress, and like all of a sudden was overcome by like an exhaustion that came out of nowhere and I was like the ghosts are following me and they're trying to kill me and I'm already scared of driving so and your wedding doing research for the this topic is always scary your wedding venue too is not like in a city so I feel like the drive out will be a little bit more remote and this would be the perfect episode for your wedding guests to listen to oh my gosh did you do a road on the way to my wedding venue? I didn't, but oh. it, but depending on how far out of the way someone wants to go in California, then maybe. Okay. Okay. Am well, I first? Am I are first? you? I think we switched it up last time. I think you are. We I switched it up two too. times ago, and then we corrected. Yep. So it's me. Well, I did not do a road anywhere near my wedding venue because I don't want to know anything about those roads because <laughs> ignorance is bliss is my um, motto to live by. Your motto of the year? Yes. I did, however, go back to my home state and um, pick a road from there because, I don't know, I love learning that the fact that I grew up in a place that was like the spookiest, creepiest place ever and I keep learning more and more about it with this podcast. Who knew? Jersey was beaches, bagels, and and booze. 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 Lots of booze. (laughs) Um, It does make sense. But without further ado, I present to the phantoms of Two Girls, One Ghost, (laughs) the Shades of Death Road. Jesus. (laughs) Literally, that's that's the name on the street sign, Shades of Death. I was just going to ask you, is that the nickname? No, that is the legit legal street name. for it. Yeah. Or maybe it was named that because of what happened. So there is some debate, but we'll get there. The Shades of Death Road is a two-lane rural road of about seven miles in length that runs north-south from Liberty and Independence Townships, then turns east-west in Alamucky Township along Jenny Jump State Forest, which, again, is a strange name. And Can I just interrupt for a moment? Because you talking about liberty and independence and then this road being like death, die, blah, blah, blah. It just reminds me so much yeah. of New Hampshire's motto, which is live free or die. Yep. I, I feel like this could easily be in New Hampshire, too. I think there is actually, oh, I think there's another Shades of Death Road or something similar in Pennsylvania. So don't know why there needs to be two. But this one's in New Jersey, and it runs towards the infamous Ghost Lake, where pillars of mist will spontaneously rise from the lake's surface. 
and just like very ghostly looking. If not, maybe there are ghosts rising from the surface of the lake. And the Shades of Death Road is said to be the two-lane road of terror. Sounds delightful, right? (laughs) The road has actually become a location of so much lore, and it's kind of become where reality and fiction kind of intertwine, and it's not really sure which is real, what actually happened, and what has become legend and folklore around it. But don't let that steer you away. Well, actually, let it maybe steer you away literally, but not from listening. Because the Shades of Death Road is shrouded in dark, mysterious, haunting tales, many of which are, in fact, true. So, like you were asking, how did it get get its name? There are a few different legends to how the road befell its grim name. One claims that there was a murder. Actually, most of them are about murder. But according to one legend, the original inhabitants of the area were a group of looters and squatters. And the men of this group were kind of rowdy rowdy, and liked to fight a lot and drink a lot. And their fights turned pretty vicious. And apparently on more than one occasion, they ended with death. And they spent much of their time in the area. So the locals started calling the area Shades of Death, which then when it was further civilized, they kind of just named the road that. Another legend. But that one kind of bothers me because it's like, well, why would you want to like keep memory of that? You know, mm-hmm. it does feel weird. All of these are a little grim, but another legend claims that the road got its name due to the low-hanging trees, which form canopies of shade over the road. So shades. But then, apparently, there were a lot of murders in the dark, twisty, turny, shaded road, and so they called it Shades of Death Road. Again, really grim, and it just feels like, why not just call it Shades Road and not point out the fact that, hey, people get murdered here. And then another version of the story, and this one's kind of more believed, is that the road was named such because there was a malaria outbreak in the 1850s, which took the lives of a lot of loved ones in the area. So then, like, they named that area and that road specifically Shades of Death. Whatever the origin, the road is no stranger to death and mystery. Highwaymen used to lay in wait in the shadows of the road and attack unsuspecting victims, rob them, and sometimes cut their throats and leave them for dead in the shaded road. Some say the locals would take revenge on the highwaymen and then lynch them and hang them on the branches of the trees. Throughout the 1920s and 1930s, there were actually three recorded true murders that happened along this seven-mile road. And one is a man who was hit over the head with a tire jack and robbed. The second murder was that of a man who was beheaded and his head was found buried on one side of the road and then the rest of his body was found buried on the other side of the road. And his wife was found guilty uh, for murdering her husband, but she did not show any remorse. And then the last murder was of a man named Bill Cummins, who was shot and buried in a mud pile. And to this day, no one knows why or who did it. So already along a seven mile stretch of road, there's three confirmed murders that we know about that are recorded. And then there's, you know, before that time when the malaria was taking lives and if there were these highwaymen killing people along the road, I imagine the number is higher. I just keep thinking about the guy that got beheaded and what the reason would be to separate the head and body across from each other and bury two different plots. I don't know, but it does sound like something that we would have done on Prodigal Son, R.I.P. (laughs) R.I.P. Like, do you think maybe she beheaded him and his head just rolled to the other side? So she was like, "Eh, I guess I'll just bury it where it is. I don't know. 
It does feel like very purposeful. And I don't know. Also, I have questions about beheading because it sounds like a very difficult process. It does. Oh, gross. I don't. Yeah. Did she do it on the road or did she do it at home and then move the body? And how did she do it alone? Because moving a man's body was not easy. Yeah. Dead. Anybody dead weight yeah. is difficult. Yeah. Man. But yeah, I get it. Okay. Shades of death because there's just death sprinkled in all over the place. Yeah. And homicidal humans are not the only thing to watch out for along Shades of Death Road because there are also packs of vicious wildcats near um, a place called Bear Swamp, which is just off of the road. But it's funny because it shouldn't be called Bear Swamp. It should be called Cat Hollow or Cat Swamp. And that's kind of what people in the local area call it instead because there are wildcats and Mm -hmm. they have frequently attacked travelers along the road and a few of those occasions have ended in death for the travelers. Uh, Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you because I have another name for your autobiography based on what (laughs) you just said. You could call it Wild Cats and Homicidal Humans. I think that's a great title, especially in your with your interest in your line of work. It makes you sound like you're a murderer, but you, you write you write characters who are murderers. So it would well, work. what if in writing the book I become a murderer? Oh no! And I lead the pack of wild cats. I'll burn all the, all the pages of the book. <laughs> Get rid of the evidence. Help you escape. Wow! Everyone needs a criminal in their life. <laughs> Just automatically is like, oh, you're murdering everyone. That's okay. I know you, so I'm going to protect you. That's not okay. Don't be like me. Can I just yes and that pitch? Don't burn all of the pages. Just burn up to like the point where I become a murderer and leave like as a cliffhanger. And then we publish it as a fictional book. And then we make a lot of money. I love it. (laughs) Two cars, one book. One homicidal human. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then the road itself has taken many lives. The road has a lot of twists and turns and can be kind of dangerous, uh, especially late at night. So there have been an inordinate number of fatal accidents dating far back and way even starting even before the modern automobile even existed. So it seems like horse, man and machine have veered off the roads. And while the road is twisty and turny and could be deemed dangerous, the number of accidents is much higher than expected in an area like this. And so people tend to, you know, make some hypotheses and question if it's human error or if there's something darker happening there and maybe something's pulling the driver, mm. the animal, the wh- whoever, the machine's attention or like messing with the electronics and uh, leading them off the road. Which is like honestly why I'm terrified of doing research of these episodes because like I'm already afraid of dying in a car accident <laughs> and I definitely... Don't want to drive on Shades of Death Road after this. Is it anywhere near you where your family no, lives or where no. any of your friends are? Okay. No. Thank goodness. Luckily. That's one of those places, though, that I think if you use Waze, mm. Waze always sends you the strangest way. Yeah. And yeah. so I feel like you could accidentally find yourself going down that road unknowingly. Well, that's the thing. I was just back in Pennsylvania for my brother's grad- college graduation and we were driving through so many back roads because that's like all the East Coast is back roads. Mm-hmm. And so many of them were like very, very old. You can tell the houses were super old. There was probably a lot of history. And I got creeped out by some of them. I was like, oh, I don't feel safe. Yeah. I mean, if you see someone just sitting out on their porch, you can't trust that that person isn't a ghost. Yeah. I mean, people can't trust that I'm not a ghost. People do think I am a ghost. And I'm in a city. Right. There's... 
there's actually, this is sad that I'm even thinking about it now, but there's this little old lady who sits out on her lawn chair, regardless of the weather, pretty much every single day and just like smiles, waves at everyone, says hello. She's so happy, but she is such a routine. And I've been in Beacon Hill in this neighborhood for at this point, three years. And I see her almost every single day. And I feel like when the time comes that she passes over, she might be a Beacon Hill spirit where she, you just always she see her be. in her, you catch glimpses of her in her lawn chair. In her chair? Yeah. That's really sweet. I mean, it sounds like she's enjoying it. She's so kind. Um, okay. So just off of Death Road is a man-made lake called Ghost Lake. And it does its name very proud. And as I mentioned earlier, there are these small shapes of mist that rise from the top of the water at all times of day, like unsuspectedly. And they always often resemble ghostly figures and truly often spook men, women, and children. Anyone who's in that area and they see it happen, like feels like a spirit is coming out of the water. Uh, Additionally, people have seen the spirits of those who were murdered along the road wandering by the lake. Many of those encounters occur by an old deserted cabin, which makes me wonder if the cabin was related to the highwaymen. I couldn't really find out where the cabin came from and like why it's deserted, when was it built or any of that. But if these people were fell victim to highwaymen and were being killed by highwaymen, like maybe they were killed there mm-hmm. and that's why they wandered that area. I don't know. Just to the right of the lake is a small cave called Fairy Cave. And when I first read the name, I was like, oh my God, Corinne's going to love this. I can't wait to tell <laughs> her about it. I can't wait to read and tell her all the exciting things. But I don't think it's a fairy cave you'll like. Oh, no. (laughs) So it has like very interesting origins. It dates back to the local Lenape tribe and it's near to some Native American burial grounds and was believed to be used as a cave as a resting point while traveling and hunting. But since then, there are certain people who have taken this cave and used it selfishly for their own evil gain um there are people who believe that the spiritualness left behind and like the sacredness of the cave from the lenape tribe has left behind this like energy and so people have been trying to harness that spiritual power for something darker there are a lot of like ritualistic memorabilia and bloody sacrifices left behind in the fairy cave and yeah it's it's a place that people don't allow their kids to wander by because they never know what they're gonna stumble upon then there is a road called lenape lane and it's an unpaved one lane dead end street about three quarters of a mile and it runs just off of shades of death road and it ends at a farmhouse and a like old abandoned looking stable and in weird new jersey i read that visitors to this stable at night have reported extremely weird fogs surrounding it like they'll be driving down the road and it's a clear night and then once they get to the stable and the farm it just shrouded in fog wow what is it trying to cloak well there's something there's something dark in there let me tell you something's there people have seen apparitions in it or sometimes even in clear weather they claim that the air just gets really cold and feeling general unease in the area for no apparent reason another legend claims that sometimes visitors who come to the end of lenape lane at night will see an orb of white light appear near the end of the road which will then start chasing the car. And as the car like tries to speed away out of that lane and back to Shades of Death Road, the orb will follow it. And sometimes it turns red. And if it turns red and the people see the orb turn red, they will die. 
Another legend says that if one, there's like a big tree on the property. And apparently if you drive around the tree and then drive around the road again at midnight, a red light will shine and the driver will never make it home. So like I read this and I was like, well, why would anyone try that? Why would you willingly try to find, try to see a red light that is said to kill you? Well, I think it's exactly the reason why when a sign says do not pull lever, your whole body's like, I should pull that lever. I know, but this is like you have to, that's one thing that's right in front of you, but this is like a online legend and I just don't understand why someone would drive out there. I don't know, morbid curiosity. I know, but don't do it. I Maybe I should cut that out so no one even tries. They don't even know it's a thing. <laughs> no. I think also people who don't have a full belief, who who like the feeling of being scared and having like a small amount of buy-in to the paranormal, but don't deep down truly think that anything will happen, are the people that would be, that would try that. Be like, oh, I might have a small adrenaline rush at the s- slight chance that this isn't that this is is real, but it's not. And then they go and then they die. Stay home. Watch The Conjuring. That's enough adrenaline. Also, here's another PSA for everybody out there. And we're speaking to the wrong group because these are all people <laughs> who listen to us. <laughs> it's not for you. Oh, my gosh. But think about it. Years ago, people who believed in aliens, you know, there was that meme of the guy that was always like aliens on ancient aliens. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh, that's not real. And now all the governments are like aliens are real. So think about how many other things people are like, that can't be true. No way. And it's all going to come out. Maybe, maybe not. But just open your mind and don't think that. Open your mind. Literally anything's possible. It is. And you know what? If you don't want to believe, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But when you pass on to the other side, you will get all the answers. And if you... um. If you pass on before me, I'm sure my predecessor will be there waiting for you. And if you pass after me, I will be there waiting and I will have learned all the ropes and the answers to the world. And I will be there to hold your hand and tell you all of it. And our request is if you pass before Sabrina, that you come to her in her <gasps> dream. Yes. Maybe do a little, hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear and just tell her all the secrets. Yeah. Of tell the me universe. All I'm such a good secret keeper. Until we blast it out on <laughs> Wildcats, homicidal humans, and secret keeping. Yeah. That's my that's my book. And also another PSA to all the aliens that are listening out there. We actually will keep your secrets. So don't <gasps> I don't really not will. talk to us, okay? Please. <laughs> we want to sit at your table. I'm gonna like flip them a note, like, will you abduct me? Yes, yes or no. Yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> <Cool> kids table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a few more stories from Shades of Death Road. So This is a story from a guy named Mike, and he went to Shades of Death Road with his friend Rob. They went at about 1.30 in the morning, and on the way back, they noticed the road called Lenape Lane and decided to venture down it. So they drove to the end and came upon the abandoned farm and stable. And almost immediately, they both got terrible chills and were like, we need to leave. And as they did, this fog started to form. And it started to fog up their windshield and they could hardly see the road before them. So they had the hardest time getting out of that area. But as the windshield was fogging up, Mike could see the shape of a skull appear right before his face. When they finally got to safety, Rob told Mike that he had seen a cross form in the fog. They were both utterly spooked, but grateful that nothing worse happened to them. Which is just so creepy to think that like the fog was forming these like ominous 
shapes. Very disturbing. It's literally the movie The Fog and the Mist. Like, mm-hmm. It just comes alive and eats you. There's also some legends concerning a Native American spirit guide who supposedly takes the shape of a deer and appears at various points along the road at night. If drivers see him and do not slow down sufficiently enough to avoid a collision, they will soon after get into an accident with a deer, like a serious accident. Oh, wow. Which that one's hard because it's like, how do you know it's not, how do you know it's that the Native American spirit deer or just a regular deer? And New Jersey's got a ton of deer. There's Tons. deer plenty. Deer plenty. It does remind me though, I feel like we did an episode before where there was some like demon deer that was surround. We did. There was like a group of deer that was surrounding this other spirit or like this one thing. And I can't remember oh, what we were talking I about. Th- I think it was the opposite. I, it, I think it was the bridge episode and it was this thing surrounding deer. Oh, oh. I think maybe, you did it. Maybe deer are just easy vessels for spirits to control. Maybe they're aliens. <laughs> Another legend tells of a bridge right off of the Shades of Death Road that if drivers stop past midnight and turn their high beams on and honk their horn three times, they will see the ghosts of two young children who sadly were run over while playing in that road. And then... This is so crazy. And I tried to find more about this, but I couldn't. But base, I read this on a Weird New Jersey article. So basically, years ago, Weird New Jersey published these stories from two anonymous readers who said that they found hundreds of Polaroid photographs. And a lot of them were showing the blurred image of a woman in distress in the woods right on the side of Shades of Death Road. And I guess this was in the 1990s. And the magazine posted it and they tried to like get an investigation going. They tried to figure out who the woman was and they got like a lot of people involved. But then all of a sudden the photos disappeared. Like I think out of the publication, they couldn't find the Polaroids at all. Like they just vanished. That's so creepy because they're literally Polaroids. It's not like some weird digital glitch that the SD card didn't corrupt. It was a physical photo that was then scanned in and published on the internet and you're not supposed to be able to delete anything from the internet yeah yeah so just vanished and then i'll leave you with a couple of other firsthand experiences that i found online from um people who submitted them to websites so this first one is from zivil and i will read it as first person experience or first person because i think those always give a just a little i don't know i'll give you the chills so this is one this one is from zivil My friend and I were sitting in a car at Ghost Lake at about three in the morning, and I saw the hay move like someone was walking on it. There were footprints that went from the outside by the lake all the way to our car and then started walking around our car for about 10 minutes. There was also an old abandoned cabin right off of Ghost Lake, and me and a couple of kids were inside of it one night. The windows were broken, the walls were falling apart, and the floor had holes in it. In one of the corners of the house, there was a hallway with a piano built into the wall. When we went upstairs, all of a sudden, the piano sounded like someone banged on it. And then there was a crunching sound, like the glass on the floor was being stepped on. The sound came closer, creeping down the hallway, and someone shined a light on the area, and there was nothing there. We took off out of there and never looked back. Then, the last story is from Rob. He wrote... I remember an old barn on Shades of Death Road that my brother told me about. He went there to investigate a rumor that it was haunted. He told me that it was really dark there and that his friends were drinking when they walked in. And a few minutes later, they came screaming out. Some say that a man had died by suicide in there. 
Others say that there was a murder and that his soul haunts the barn. My brother said that they were inside when his friend was punched by an unseen force. They each thought that he was fooling around until each and every single one of them was hit by an unseen force. My brother will not say what happened after that, but he was terrified. So those are just a few of the spooky things that have happened along Shades of Death Road. So I just putting it out there to our listeners, be warned. If you do seek out the paranormal along the seven mile road, it is likely that you will find it or worse, it may find you. Well, and it sounds like if you go in a group, it doesn't mean that you're safe in numbers either. Everyone will get hit. Everyone will yeah. experience the paranormal. Yeah. The fact that ev- like one guy got punched, which he very easily could be like, oh, you know, that's just like a weird thing. It was dark or whatever. Right. But for every single other person there to then experience it. No. And for it to be described as a punch, too. It's not like a a shove or or feeling some pressure or some air. For it to be described as a punch, like that's an aggressive, violent move. Very. And for everyone to agree that what they felt was someone punching them. Mm -hmm. I am also curious if something more happened there that they like don't talk about because the person who submitted it said that he wouldn't say what happened next. So scary. Do you ever... (sighs) I mean, I'm sure you do just out of curiosity, wish that people would just say what happened next. And I know the people can have their own privacy, but I feel like my mind automatically when they're like, oh, and he wouldn't say like what happened next was like too bad to describe. I feel like the majority of the time when I actually find out what, what truly happened, my mind filled it in with something like I went to the extreme of horrible. And I'm like, oh, and not that what happened wasn't horrible, But I fill it in with like the most horrendous, graphic, (laughs) tragic, fucked up thoughts. Same. You and I have very similar messed up minds. Yes. That's why you have to keep it in your head and not guess. Because your guesses will always uh, be shocking to many. To many. (laughs) To many, many. But that's why we have each other and we tell it to each other. We do. And you and I will not be going down that road and we'll keep each other accountable. And safe. And every day I'm going to text you and say, you're not on Shades of Death Road, are you? No. No, never. No. Never, Maybe. never, never. This, See, I just like never want to drive again after doing this episode. You know what I was thinking about? Because I was at work and I work in the seaport area of Boston and there's so much traffic. There's only one road or two roads in, two roads out. And I was like, man, we could really benefit from a gondola. Like, you know, when you go to a ski Ooh. resort and there's the enclosed gondolas yeah. that just bring you. What if just the... All of life was a gondola and you could just get around in your own little, your little pod. That does sound really nice. Yeah, you just have little stops. It'd have to be fast, though, to get you around to everywhere. You said it wouldn't be fast? No, it would have to be fast. Oh, true. It would. But then also think about it. You're up in the air, so you're not, you can just do it. You can cut straight. You don't have to zigzag through roads Mm. and whatnot. I don't know. So it's kind of like an airplane, but a lot more... (sighs) A lot more um, right. You're machinery. Right. A lot more machinery, closer <laughs> to the ground. Chance of survival, should the thing crash, higher than an airplane. <laughs> uh, fair, much cheaper than an airplane. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Although I, I feel like the fair might be more expensive based on how much it's going to cost to build this across the globe. You know, who knows? But vote for me for governor. <laughs> Please don't. Actually, I don't want to do anything. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you you mentioned Weird New Jersey, the website, mm-hmm. and I, my main source, though I, I 
perused the blogs and YouTube channels and all that, my main source is Weird CA, so WeirdCalifornia.com. Ooh, I didn't even know they had that. I think they have them for every single state. Oh. Alrighty. San Diego. <laughs> People travel from all over the world to visit its beautiful sandy beaches and experience a taste of SoCal easy living. With the warm sun and the Pacific breeze, the tanned locals can be found enjoying a plethora of outdoor activities like surfing and hiking and exploring the many towns in San Diego County. It's ideal living. I feel like you're a commercial. <laughs> I feel like this is like an ad for like the 60s to get people to move to San Diego. I was literally thinking as I was writing it of, oh my God, now I'm blanking on it. What's the, the Jim Carrey movie where he's... He's the main character, and it's actually a televised movie about his life, and he doesn't know that he's the main star. Oh, oh, oh. Um, we talked about this before. Um, we can never remember the name. But I feel like that would have been a commercial where it's like, and this. And he's just like, what? This is going to bother me so much. Oh, Truman Show. The Truman Show. All right. Well, picture me on The Truman Show. Picture. All right. So many different towns, many places to explore. San Diego, big, got a lot going on. Yeah. One of the towns is Chula Vista, and it is the second largest city in San Diego County, the seventh largest city in all of California. So this thing is big. The city hosts many different landscapes. Seated next to downtown San Diego, you have all of the perks and action of city life when you're in Chula Vista. And then you also can enjoy an ocean view, enjoy the calmer waters in San Diego Bay. Or maybe you decide, I want to go inland and find these charming neighborhoods and the lake and the beginning of a desert landscape. There's just so much to offer. Mm -hmm. This desert, though, <laughs> is called Proctor Valley. And the valley landscape is currently turning from a dusty oasis for critters slowly to a, uh, a suburban destination because the land is being developed. Residential homes are encroaching on the mountainside and into the valley. And through the middle of this valley runs a road. The road is called Proctor Valley Road. Why have I heard of this before? Because I think I told you about it because one of our listeners, Armando, emailed us in like 2018 oh. and was talking about it. And so I put it, I put it, on the back of my memory to talk about it in the future. Wow. Okay. Or maybe you've probably heard about it before just being in California. Maybe. Okay. So Proctor Valley Road, it connects Chula Vista to Jamul. And I'm probably saying the, the name of that town incorrectly, but it's another San Diego town. So both of these towns are in San Diego, the valleys in San Diego, the roads in San Diego. It just connects through this kind of uh, deserty, sandy, mostly empty landscape. It mm -hmm. cuts between the mountains. There are no street lights. There's a bunch of unpaved sections and it's just two lanes. So it's very isolated. The cell service is limited if it's there at all. And cell phone batteries drain very quickly. But Proctor Valley Road is more than a connector between these two towns. It's made a name for itself because it's packed with paranormal activity. Ooh. So the hauntings, they start with a classic lore that you've probably heard a million different versions of in mm -hmm. different places. But basically, two teenagers looking for a little private spot to park their car and, you know, get into a little trouble or whatever. Get to know each other. <laughs> they go out to Proctor Valley Road and park their car. And the couple, they have no issues. They're enjoying their time. Nothing strange happens. But then these young teen lovers, uh, they decide as night falls and it gets a little bit later that they should head home. So they start up their car and they begin their journey back to the main area where other people live 
and it's safe. But on the drive home, the car suddenly breaks down. (gasps) And the story goes that the couple will either get a flat tire or the car will simply not stay on and force them basically off of the road. And in an attempt to fix the issue and figure out, you know, further investigate what's going on, one person out of this teen couple will hop out of the car. The other person will stay in the car. But while out of the car, the person who went to investigate disappears. So the other teen is terrified alone on this dark, deserted road away from everybody, doesn't know what happened to the other person. Their partner is a teenager. Terrifying. A child. And it's freaked out. So obviously this person, this teen, stays in the car all night, terrified to get out, doesn't know what to do. It's just waiting for sunlight and for someone to come find them. So all night, this teen is locked in the car, listening as these scratching noises come from outside of the car. Oh, no. It's scratching in the paint. It's scratching, peeling down the roof of the car, scratching, scratching everywhere. And then when the sun comes up, the teen remains in the car until found by the police. How the heck did the police know to come to the scene? You might be wondering. Yes, I am. Well, because they were called to investigate a murder because When the other teen had gone missing, that teen had been brutally attacked, their body mutilated, and their body slung over a tree next to the car, the corpse swinging in the wind, scratching the top of the car ever so slightly (gasps) as their boyfriend or girlfriend is terrified down below. That is like the story of... Oh man, this one's even, I mean, they're both just so disturbing. Oh man, this is so disturbing. It reminds me of the, the, like the tale that you were always told as a kid, like on Halloween of the waking up in the middle of the night, hearing like dripping in the bathroom and then like putting the, the girl like puts her the hand lick. down because the dog usually licks. People can lick too. Yeah. People can lick too. Oh, yes. Oh God. Oh, no. Well, that's story for anyone that didn't, sorry, you can tell the whole thing. I interrupted <laughs> and jumped forward. Basically, the story goes that this girl sleeps with her dog next to her bed every night and she wakes up in the middle of the night and hears this dripping sound. And so she gets a little scared. And so she reaches her hand down to the side of the bed where her dog usually sleeps and her dog licks her hand. She goes back to sleep. And when she wakes up in the morning, she goes to the bathroom and finds this is what I hate saying it because it's so sad. She finds her dog dead and written on the wall in blood is the phrase, people can lick too. Disturbing! Who came up with that? I thought, I mean, we were just talking about how we have sick minds, but I would never hurt an animal in my stories. That's, yeah, that's like, I feel like to come up with that, it must hurt to write that down. You know, it must hurt to come up with that idea. It hurts me to say it. Yeah. Well, In this lore of these teens in the car in Proctor Valley Road, the teen is not murdered by man, not murdered by ghost, but is murdered by the Proctor Valley monster. (gasps) It's said to look similar to a cow with a horned head of a bovine and a tall, hairy body, kind of like Bigfoot. It stands seven feet tall. It resembles a mentor. And footprints of it are 18 inches long. And footprints have been found. Footprints in Chula Vista and in this valley have been discovered. Casts of said footprints have been taken. And you can go to the Bonita Museum and actually see these footprints. The heel is very skinny. And then the pad and the toes are quite large and wide. My gosh. And so while the beast 
shares a resemblance to cattle. It is very much a predator, even slaying livestock and mutilating the animals in a similar manner to the teen on Proctor Valley Road. So scary. Right. And back in the 60s, they had a really big problem. I mean, it's an ongoing problem, but a really big problem back in the 60s with this monster uh, because the monster was said to be at fault for a large number of livestock mutilations that occurred throughout the valley in that decade. But perhaps if you're like, oh, well, I don't necessarily believe in the beast of Proctor Valley Road, that's totally fine. But I'm going to give you a lot of other reasons not to go to this road. I am already, I already don't want to go. Well, I'm already shrinking in my, in my seat. It's, it's bad. It shares some similarities with yours as well. All right. So picture this. You're like, hey, I'm going to go drive down this dusty, isolated road. So you head out, your eyes focused on the road and your headlights in front of you in the nightfall in the darkness. And then you notice that there's another pair of headlights. A car is behind you and this mm-hmm. car is gaining speed and closing the gap between them and you. I don't want it. <laughs> nope. And you didn't ask for it. But here you are. And in no time, the headlights are right on your bumper. The driver, you think it's just it has to be out of their mind. They're tailgating you so, so closely. So you swerve, you pull to the side, you speed up. But no matter what you do, the headlights inch closer and closer and closer. And they're chasing you until finally you get to the edge of the dirt road where it turns back to pavement and the headlights fall back. And you look back and you notice that these headlights are, in fact, not attached to any car at all. They are not attached to anything. Oh, nothing. Just two lights in darkness. Chills. (gasps) And drivers who've stopped to watch the lights once they're on the safety of the pavement have said that these lights will start to move backwards as if they're being retreated (gasps) and drawn back into the roller coaster until they're out of sight. Likely tormenting another car on the road. So, are there theories to what it is? So, yes, they're basically they're called demon lights. And while the majority of people have no idea what it is, one of the theories is that someone in the past had passed away, gotten in an accident on the road, mm. and was never able to make their own drive home. Like perhaps they were speeding and went off the road, weren't ever able to make it home themselves. They never got to the part of the like pavement. They never got off the dirt road. And so they can only go as far as the dirt road and just have to like relive their night speeding to oh. try to get home and never get home. So interesting. Or are one- they trying to make people make other people befall what they what happened to them? That's what I was just going to say is that yeah. while that's one theory, it doesn't really make sense as to why it's so attached to other cars. And that like, yeah, it's it's not trying to pass you and continue on at a high speed. It's about getting you into danger. Right. So. I don't know, but that's one of the theories. And it's just, it sounds terrifying to experience, especially when you're on a dirt road and it's dark Seriously. and you're alone and it's scary. I mean, even yeah, it's dangerous. But you want to know what could be worse? Mm, Driving down like this road. Don't have a choice. You don't. You're sitting here and you have to listen to me. <laughs> Driving down this road and spotting a woman walking down it as well. She's a hitchhiker and she's wearing a white or a blue gown. And it's believed that this spirit is actually the spirit of a girl who passed away on her prom night in a car accident. She's lost. She's looking for a ride home, hoping that you'll stop and offer her one. And sightings of her differ. Some say that she's wearing all white and that her face is completely mutilated. Oh, no. So while people are saying car accident, I'm like, could she be the spirit of a teen who was murdered by the Proctor Valley beast? Yeah. 
That's what I was thinking. Yeah, if she's all scratched up like that. Others have stated that they spot her wearing a blue dress. She's huddled on the road. And when she sees the car approaching, she begins to wave her arms for an attempt to to flag down the car and get help. So rumors have gone around stating that if you don't pick her up, she will kill you before you get to the end of the road. So this sounds so much like the road I did last time we did roads because it was like, didn't we call it Satan's sedan? That might have been our first one. Oh, let me look. It is like the one that you did because I remember it's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of yeah. situation where it's like some say if you don't pick up the hitchhiking ghost, you'll be killed. Others say if right. you do pick up the hitchhiking ghost, you'll be killed. Yeah. Hard to keep track. I think we did ghost hitchhikers. Maybe that's what it was. We did specifically hitchhiking ghosts. Yeah. I think it was in Hawaii, I want to say. Oh, man. What's new? We don't remember. We anything. don't know anything. Um, but this is this is what's happening, and and to our knowledge, there's no right answer. But I will say that in the reports that I was reading from other people, there was one group who had written on a blog their account, and it was Ooh. back in the 70s. They were out there for a wedding, and they were driving down the road in the dark, and they saw this kind of like bluish translucenty sort of light as they approached it they realized it was a woman on the road because she she kind of like got up out of her curled state started mm-hmm. weaving her arms and they're going pretty quick so they pass her and then they turn around to be like oh my gosh what was and no, sh- nothing gone she no was gone one was there so well, thank in an goodness instant, they didn't get hurt by her because they did try yes but also they lived by not picking her up as well so while Ugh. people say there's no right answer they lived to tell the tale and they did not. Or did they live because then they made an effort to go back? Because there was an attempt. I don't know if it was like a very concerted effort to go back as much as it was a, what was that? And let's look oh, behind us. Gotcha. Okay. But I don't know. I'm speaking for them and they wrote you know, <laughs> 10 sentences on a blog on the internet. So it's, there's a lot of room. We're filling in the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, so on Proctor Valley Road, people are like, all right, well, you'll either get mauled by the beast of Proctor Valley, you'll get chased by demon lights, or you'll pick up a hitchhiking ghost that may or may not kill you. So it sounds like, to me, you might need a breather after driving on this road. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you that there's even more. So <laughs> people have spotted or believed to, to be spotting chupacabra stalking the area. Likely, Ooh. I think, you know, we did cover it in one of our previous episodes uh, livestock. Livestock is a big target of the chupacabra. And so I think that hopefully they're there for them and not for you. Could that be the same thing as the monster? The beast? The beast, yeah. Based on physical description of chupacabras, I would say no, because they're basically like a, a skinny vampire mm. blood-sucking dog. Mm. And this other thing is monstrously hairy. Think of like a, the head of a bison and then just... Oh, interesting. A, like a seven foot tall basket player wearing a ghillie suit and a bison head. And that is what people think that this thing looks Basically, like. Basically, the types of creatures you're you're attracted to. Hubba hubba. <laughs> I'm alone in this car, Mr. Monster. <laughs> no, Don't kill me. I would be screaming so loud yes, that there wouldn't even would. be a sound because my voice box would just rupture. Close up. Uh, so in addition to the chupacabra, there are also flying fireballs that people have seen. What? Other spirits, like the spirit of a man walking, they describe him as this, you know, kind of transient man walking around. Uh, and then if you turn off your car lights, it's, or sorry, if you turn off your lights of your car and your actual car, so everything's no. just off and you're sitting in a dark metal box, it's said that a woman in a dress will appear before your car. But it's not 
it's not known if it's the same woman as the hitchhiker or if it's a different spirit. See, again, another thing that's like, I just don't want to try that. No, just don't do it. Don't yeah. do it because if it does happen, what are you going to do then? Email two girls, one ghost. <laughs> Literally, Sabrina, my last line of this is if you, uh, what did I say? I said, if you dare venture out there, and I'm, you're going to hear this because I'm still going to repeat it. But I said, <laughs> if you dare venture out there, be careful, be mindful, be safe, and always travel with a full tank, a full cell battery, and preferably plenty of daylight ahead of you. But if you don't, you may just be emailing two girls, one ghost for your drive. <laughs> if you survive. If you survive. <laughs> if you dare go on the road. If you do, if, if you do dare, though, you may hear plenty of frightening sounds. So you, you might escape without a sighting, but that doesn't mean you'll escape without an audible experience. Interesting. When stopped, people have said that they hear phantom footsteps around their car. There have been reports of a woman screaming, and also reports of a banshee-style scream. Oh, from people traveling down the road. Whoa. One group's car shut down. They said that they heard the banshee scream and then the car started again. So they took off. And when they got to the end of the road, they peeked back again to be like, oh, my God, oh, what, what just happened to us? And as they're looking back again to the dirt road, there's some distinction between pavement and dirt. Right. When they look back, there's something dark that's staring at them <gasps> from the road that they can't quite make out. And it, too, just like the lights, begins to retreat back into the darkness up oh. the dirt road. It's weird. It's almost like they're all on a track. Yes. It almost reminds me. Yes. It's a track. I was thinking like a fishing line, like something throws out mm. the scary monster and reels it back in. Yeah. It very much is like that. It's like, in the, are we living in the Hunger Games, but for people who drive our simulation and this is one of the things? Send in the thing. Send in this thing. Oh, I don't. I hope not. It sounds like it. Now this is making <gasps> sense. What? What's happening, I don't Sabrina? Know why this happens every time and it's always on my side. You just like... It just repeated over and over. It sounds like, it sounds like, it sounds like, it sounds like in my ear. Ew. Like six you, times. I think you're haunted. <laughs> I need new headphones. Maybe that's what I need. Yeah. Maybe ch- test those out first. I'm just going to replace my whole computer. <laughs> we have the I same computer. Know. I don't know. I don't know either. Well, if you're driving down this road and you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to shut anything down. I'm going to have my windows up. I'm going to go fast and I'm going to go during the daytime. Well, you still might not escape the strangeness because (laughs) car radios have turned on and off. They've switched channels and they've played really strange music across people's radios. Like EVPs. They could, or some sort of alien frequency. I don't know. Maybe you're tapping into some place you're not supposed to be. That's interesting. Okay. We'll think about it. You've you've made it. You've done it. You're off the road. Phew. That was frightening. Now what? You're in Jamal. Maybe you're like, I want to grab a quick bite. It's a shame, though, that you can't stop at Haven Bakery, as it's been closed for quite a few years now. You might drive by it, though, because it's now closed and and abandoned. Um, And some have said, and I don't know if this is true, but some sources said that it's now a Walgreens. So if that's true, you might be picking up your birth control there. Uh, (laughs) But Haven Bakery is a popular or was a popular spot for teens and ghost hunters after it was shut down because the bakery was once owned by a man who one day found his daughter in the basement who had completed suicide. And it was in the basement of the bakery of their business. And he was distraught from his daughter's passing. He snapped and he murdered all of the restaurant staff, piling their bodies in the bathroom and then ending his (gasps) own life. 
very, very graphic. However, there is a lighter, still horrible version of this where it says that the daughter actually just fell down the stairs and ended up pretty, pretty badly hurt, was taken to the hospital, and then she later passed while being treated in the hospital. So whichever version is most truthful, it doesn't quite matter because there is a dark stain or, or so people have said in that space. And it was said to be extremely haunted, especially in the basement and the bathroom. And so because the bathroom mm. was so haunted, I think that's what made people believe in that other story of this man snapping Interesting. And, and slaughtering everyone. Though, oh. I think if that were true, we probably would have newspaper reports. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. So what do we know from this episode? We know that Proctor Valley and the road that runs through it is clearly riddled with spirits <laughs> and paranormal activity. And then here's my clothes for you guys again. <laughs> so if you dare venture out there, be careful, be mindful, be safe. Always travel with a full tank of gas, a full cell battery, and preferably plenty of daylight ahead of you. And if you don't, you may just be emailing us at two girls, one girls, girls podcast at gmail.com after you drive. Wow. Yeah, definitely avoiding that road forever yeah and the thing is part of me started to panic because i was like have i been on this road before because marissa lives in san diego and i basically lived at her parents house for half of my college years how often we were down there and i was thinking about the amount of times we had driven from palm springs to uh san diego and it had i mean it's not a ton but maybe like two or three times and there's Mm -hmm. a really windy road that cuts through from Palm Springs to San Diego. And I was thinking that it was this road. I was like, oh my God, I lived. It's not. It's a different road. <laughs> there are a lot of roads that sound similar in like the way you described it. Like the dirty, dusty road, not paved. Yeah. And I think also if you think about, Cal- I can only speak to California landscape because I live there. I can't speak to like Nevada or Arizona or South America and other places that that have that sort of landscape. But In terms of cities, there's a really big distinction between the cities that are like coastal and then there's kind of like this cut of absolutely nothing when you go inland and then there's Mm -hmm. stuff again. And so there's a lot of, I feel like from the coastline to like mid to other side, like east side of California, there's a lot of empty space. Yeah. We pretty much just hug the border. A lot of hauntings, possibilities. So many. That's what we're here for though, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why we can do this podcast for almost three years and continue to do it for however many more we want to do do it for. Exactly. And, you know, we repeat topics like this is a repeated topic, but there are still so many that we've planned that we've never covered. So Mm -hmm. there's just so much. Someone once asked me, actually, I've been asked this multiple times. People say, do you think you'll ever run out of ghost stories? And I'm like, no, no. Yeah. We could do three years in like one county. We could just do. Yeah. Just just do New Jersey for three years. Right. Wow. Ghosts are plenty. So many. Okay. Listener stories. Yeah. You know, now we've warned people to not be on these roads, but I'm curious how many listeners out there have just experienced things on, on the side of the road. Well, yeah. And sometimes you, d- you don't know that a road's haunted and you just happen to uh, wind up on one. I believe it. So this is from our listener, Sarah, and it is called My Friend Got Possessed on Our Haunted Adventure. Hello, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Sarah, and I have been meaning to write to you for quite some time now, but I kind of suck, so I'm just now getting to it. 
You don't suck, Sarah. That's okay. We didn't know. We didn't know. Also, was, we weren't we weren't waiting. You are on your own timeline. Do what you need. And we're so glad we have it. Yes. No deadlines here. Just whenever you feel. No. This isn't school. No. Except for us when every other week we do yeah, like a page book report and then record it. For everyone else, it's recess. Okay. She says, I have been listening for about two years now and I got my friend addicted not too long ago. She and I were on a journey to pick up some of her belongings from her university after learning about the extended spring break and online courses for the rest of the semester because of coronavirus. And we were talking about the podcast and listening, of course. So I decided to finally write in. We are both undergrad seniors graduating in May. Oh my gosh. Congrats. Hey. So we really hope that we will get to walk in the ceremony. I hope you guys did. We are from a pretty small town in Illinois, and it kind of sucks being stuck at home with nothing to do, and the restaurants and bars were just ordered to shut down in all of Illinois as well, so there's really nothing to do. But to my story, to start, I've only had a few experiences in my life, but I've always loved ghost stories and hearing other people's experiences. My friends are quite the group of haunted people with their haunted houses and everything. One night, a few of my friends and I decided that we wanted to go do and find some haunted things. So as stated before, we are from a super small town in central Illinois, and there's literally nothing to do but drive around. My friend Whitney had been down to the cemetery a couple of times before, and she said it was absolutely terrifying. So naturally, we had to check it out. (laughs) It's called Ridge Cemetery in Tower Hill, Illinois. I am a huge chicken when it comes to actually experiencing things, but I was unnaturally excited for this adventure. So off we went. It was about a 30-ish minute drive from our town, and the cemetery is in the middle of nowhere. And to get there, you have to turn onto this road that turns very narrow and becomes very curvy as you get towards the top of the hill. It's about 10 miles once you get off the highway. My friend Lexi was the one driving, and coincidentally, she is the most haunted of all of us. Holly was in the passenger seat, I was behind Lexi, and Whitney was next to me. We turn into this creepy-ass road, and the first thing that happens is someone's crazy-ass dog runs out right in front of us and literally won't let us pass. We should have taken this as a sign to turn around, but eventually we were able to creep by and sped off quickly to get away from the dog and keep going. As we got closer, Lexi started driving faster. We didn't really think anything of it until we got to the curvy and rocky part of the road. She was probably pushing 60 miles per hour, and I just kind of turned to her and go, Lexi, Slow down, you're going to make us all go into the ditch. And she looks straight ahead, not breaking eye contact with the road, and says, I'm not going 60, I'm only going 25. In her normal voice, but in a creepy-ass way I can't explain. Me, Holly, and Whitney all look at each other and just start yelling at her to slow down, and she won't. When we got to the top of the hill and to the cemetery, the gate was closed and locked, so we couldn't get in even if we wanted to. Whitney was hyperventilating in the back of the car. She was so scared, and Holly just wasn't looking up at all. I was yelling at Lexi to get the fuck out of there, so she throws the car in reverse and just sits there staring at the backup camera. I couldn't stop looking at it either, waiting for something to pop up in it, and so I just started yelling at her again to move the damn car, and eventually she does. We finally start a descent back down, and there's just this immediate relief for all of us. Lexi starts acting normal again, and we were all three just like, Lexi, what the fuck were you doing? And she had no idea what we were talking about, and she still, to this day, does not believe us. As we kept driving, she just randomly says, I didn't tell you guys that, but when we were driving up the hill, I just felt something telling me to come closer, pulling me in, and I couldn't break it, and I kept seeing lights behind the telephone poles that were drawing me in towards them. Then Whitney said, I didn't tell you guys this, but 
When I had been here before, I saw a man standing on the side of the road. I looked at her and somehow knew exactly what she was talking about because I sometimes get premonitions, or in this case, a precognition about things, and I had seen this image in my head on our drive up. It was a very tall man, and he was wearing what I would say is an early 1900s-style clothing. I will link the actual stories about the cemetery in the end so I don't mess anything up, but it explains a lot about our experiences. I should also add that we decided to go back about a year later. Brave. We all four went and brought along our other friend, Shelby. We made it to the top this time and actually parked in the cemetery. It's so tiny up there and surrounded by woods with cameras and signs that say, keep out. It is dead silent and there's no air movement. I stayed in the car because as soon as we got through the gate, I was immediately nauseated and had an insane migraine. Whitney and Shelby stayed in the car with me and we were staring into the woods and all saw different lights, sort of like glowing eyes looking at us. Holly and Lexi got a picture of them standing by the graves and when we looked at it, there was an orb in it. We deleted it immediately and got the hell out of there. Our running joke is that Lexi is still probably possessed because that would just be her luck. I've had many experiences at her house, like shaking doors, shadow figures, unknown voices. She grew up experiencing so many things in her house, one of them being a batteryless, talking and floating Furby that eventually disappeared and no one knows where it went. No, thank you. Wait, wait, what did you say? A floating Furby? Yep. Had no batteries. It was talking and floating. Oh, maybe it was plural. Multiple, multiple Furbies. (laughs) They flew away. And they disappeared. I told some other friends about this, and many have gone since. One friend made it to the cemetery as well, and she and her group saw shadows standing behind the gravestones. There are a couple of websites to check out, and there are many more. It's an interesting read nonetheless, so you should check it out and hear other people's stories. And she sent some links. I also wanted to add that I I did a tour of Ashmore Estates in Ashmore, Illinois last October. It has been featured on Ghost Adventures and has a really interesting story as well. So you should definitely check it out if you do any asylum stories or just to learn. Thank you for all the laughs and scares the last couple of years. I look forward to the new episodes each week. If you ever decide to do a live show in Chicago or St. Louis, I will definitely be there. Stay spooky and see you on the other side, Sarah. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. That's so freaky. You know, what's so interesting is, okay. So her friend, her friend that was driving and speeding doesn't Lexi. remember s- saying, Lexi doesn't remember saying anything and doesn't remember mm-hmm. speeding, but was she the same one that said that she saw lights and just felt like she was drawn there yeah. or was that another passenger? Okay. So that she, was her. so she did experience something. That's really interesting that like her memory and like her person was still experiencing paranormal, but a different version than what everybody else was experiencing with her physical presence. That didn't make any sense, but it's almost like she's divided. Like it's almost like hypnosis. Her body's being taken over and talking. Yes. Yes. It's that's hypnosis. the perfect way of describing it. Yeah. Like her conscious mind was looking at the lights and her subconscious mind was like doing the action. I am not driving fast. Whatever she said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so, so creepy, so creepy, because not only are you experiencing something very paranormal and pretty much everyone in the group is having some sort of experience or is reminded of some sort of like premonition or knowledge of what is to happen here. But there's also going back to cars and your fear of car accidents and car crashes. There's something about not being the driver and not having that bit of control 
that is almost just as terrifying, if not more terrifying than a paranormal experience. Like the threat is immediate and it's right there. And it's that your friend is speeding and not listening to you and you're completely out of control. It's terrifying. And that they had seen, or one of them had seen a man at the side of the road and that Sarah had some like vision of it in her mind Mm. as well. (sighs) I mean, clearly that man is there and it makes my first thought is that that man is the bad thing that's happening. It's drawing them in and Mm. he's the one appearing. But it also makes me wonder since there was that sort of premonition and the man by the side of the road, if that was a warning, if he's trying to keep them from coming, if he thought he would spook them enough or that they might find the connection between two of them knowing that he was there to be like, oh, we can't go here. It's so interesting because I'm curious if if it's the cemetery that has this negative energy or if it's the road and like if this man is from the cemetery, he's like a spirit who's buried there, who's trying to keep people out of the cemetery. So then therefore making the road haunted, you know, mm-hmm. or two, who knows when the cemetery was built? Who knows if the cemetery had been built on top of other markers, like other graves below what is now the road? Hmm. I feel like that would be an easy thing to do, you know, kind of choosing a plot of land that was already used as a, a bit of burial ground, maybe without markers and just going and doing your own thing. Oh, my gosh. So much unknown. I know. So much unknown. You know what? My brain, when you were talking about flying Furbies, my brain immediately thought and pictured if all birds, living birds, were replaced with Furbies and how creepy it would be to just like <laughs> have a Furby sitting on a branch outside no. of your apartment window. And it's saying, feed me. Whatever the yeah, nope. stupid Furby scary talk is. Nope, 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 nope. We shouldn't be threatening Furbies like this because now that we know they can fly, they might come for us. Okay. So I said Armando was the one who had first told us about Proctor Valley Road, uh, Mm -hmm. and he sent an email. So I'm going to read his email, which is a bit of an overview of the road, but then also some personal experience as well. Okay. I was listening to Satan's Sedan episode, and it reminded me of a road that I've heard about, visited, and even had experiences on. This road is in the city of Chula Vista called Proctor Valley Road. One of the stories I heard was about an abandoned bread factory. When you visit the factory, you're greeted by a doll. And as you move from room to room of the factory, the doll follows you. No. The story is that there was a child predator back in the day who would lure his victims to the factory. And this doll belonged to a little girl who was a victim of him. The factory has since been torn down to prevent anyone from entering it. Another story is about a monster known as the Monster of Proctor Valley, of course. And this monster used to claim the lives of farmers and their families until all of the farmers moved away. In the 1960s, kids would go to Proctor Valley Road to make out and go on a date. Around this time, the monster started to attack the teens who would do this, one of which was a couple who was returning home when their car broke down. The young man got out of the car to see what was wrong, and when he did, he was attacked, torn, and hung from a nearby tree. The girl who stayed in the car was scared, hearing scratching noises, and stayed in the car all night. The next day, the police found her in the car and saw the young man hanging from the tree where his body was swaying in the wind, his hand scratching the roof of the car. I think no matter how many times I hear that story, it's going to give me the heebie-jeebies. I know. It's so disturbing. Because it gives you the visual. It's describing to you what is happening, and it's disturbing. And it's this, like, one little... So disturbing. It's this one little case, and I think the swaying, it just, it's, like, repetitive. You know, like, when you have an intrusive thought that just, like, repeats, repeats, repeats. The visual just Mm. repeats, repeats, repeats. Yeah. Okay. And then Armando said, now this 
is what I actually experienced. My cousins and I decided to drive down Proctor Valley Road, and while we were driving, there was a pair of headlights behind us. It was catching up, and no matter how fast we drove, it kept coming. The truck stopped following us once we reached the paved road at the end where the city of Jamal begins. The story behind this is that a truck had belonged to a KKK member, which I didn't say when I was reading the story, but there was a lot of rumors that there were like KKK Mm. meetings there previously. And that there's rumors that like people still live hidden in the valley in these like little groups. Jeez. But the story was that a truck belonged to a KKK member who would often try to run any car that had any ethnicity other than white off of the road. The reason why he can't go past the dirt road onto the paved is because he got into a really bad accident himself before he could reach it and died. There are even more stories, one about a chupacabra, screaming banshee, hitchhiking ghost, and a flying ball of fire, but I hope you enjoyed reading this. I'll email you later with more stories, and I'll see you on the other side, ladies. Armando. Wow. I think Armando's, so he's like from this area, because I feel like he's emailed us some, some other stories. I feel like he... I'm remembering half of them, but also I'm not sure if we were supposed to keep yeah. it a secret or not. So I'm not going to say which ones they were because um, sometimes people want to be called be anonymous. Different but, thing. Yeah. Yes. But that being said, I feel like his explanation of the demon lights, these car lights that drive you off the road makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just so unsettled by this road and also so curious, just like. What if someone paved over the road? Because we've you even said the pavement mm. versus the dirt road kind of like separates where the hauntings happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if someone paved over the road, would all the hauntings stop? Well, but also, how about this? The fact that there are all these neighborhoods that are starting to be developed more t- closer and closer to the road. Like the road connects the two, mm. the oh two towns. Could you imagine your house being built on top of that. Oh my gosh. You're just like, oh, look at this new, beautiful, like 30 home. Let's get the one on the cul-de-sac where it's like a new couple, new baby. This will be the perfect spot. And then you're living and then on- And the new conjuring. It's it's literally Proctor Valley Road. Oh yeah. On our TikTok, I started following the girl who lives in the conjuring house. <gasps> oh, fun. I have to catch up. So now we'll get all of her videos on our For You page. Okay. Can't wait. Yeah. It's quite disturbing. I mean- Armando experienced something on Proctor Valley Road and the number of people in the blogs that were like, yes, this happened or that happened or that happened or that happened. And they all connect back to one of these things. Usually it's like a couple people on Yelp or Reddit. There were a lot. There were a lot. Jeez. Very creepy. Even though I have like a little bit of curiosity just to like, you know, experience a tiny bit this road, I will never, never go. Mm Mm-mm. No. Never. Never. But if you guys do, like Corinne said, please email podcast at gmail.com. We want all of your stories, your haunted roads. Um, I don't know. Was your house built upon a haunted road and now you are facing the consequences? Tell us. Let us know. Any kind of story. Just email it to us at podcast at gmail.com. Sabrina? Yeah? I want to be really calm about this. Is there a cat on the <laughs> so- chair behind you? Is there a what? A cat on the chair behind you. No. Stop. Okay. What happened? Let's talk about it another time then. No, 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 no. I don't want to scare you. I already have to pee. You're going to make me pee my pants. <laughs> Sabrina. Sabrina, it, I, I don't know a good way to describe this to you, but it basically looked like someone's head like peeking out and then going back <gasps> down. I thought it was Leia. Ah. Are you sure Leia's not there? Okay. Leia is sitting on the chair. Oh my it's God. okay. It's 
swear it was like the little top of her head coming up and down. Oh my god. Oh my god. I still think I'm gonna pee my pants. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was just so clear. I was like, I have to say something. Oh my god, that's so scary. I hope it was Leia. Which side did it come out of? It was. She's right there. Did it come out of this side? No, no, no. The other side. It was, yeah, like right above your left shoulder. Okay, because Leia's very settled into this chair, so I don't know. Uh, Maybe. No, no, no. no, no, no. I'm going to start. Let's just. Okay. Okay. Let's just. ah, Let's just continue. Ah, ah, Okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Well, let me tell you something about emailing us at at our email. I already did that. If you're like, ugh. I wish I knew what they were doing and what they were covering on their next episode because I want to know what emails I should send in from my experience. My experiences. We do post on Patreon. If you are uh, in certain tiers, you'll get the preview of what topic we're covering next about a week or two in advance. Yeah. And you can also be like Francesca and her friend in the pyramid scheme and tell other people about the podcast so that... You have friends to listen to, and we have more friends to scare. And then tell everyone to join our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And now TikTok, Corinne is like killing it. I've been watching Corinne's TikTok videos over and over because I don't know how to use TikTok. So I'm just forced to watch our own over and over. Yeah, I'm a TikToker now. We have two videos. We're content creators. We've always been content creators. I know. It just sounds better when we say it on TikTok. (laughs) Thank you so much to Brooke Foster and Eric Foster at Upfire Digital for editing our podcast. We're so, so, so grateful for you uh, and appreciate all the hard work you do. And we will see you on the other side.